and welcome to How To Be Successful with me, Vicky Paul. I'm an intuitive artist, energy healer and author and I'm on a mission to help you live with more joy, purpose and meaning. How To Be Successful is a straight-talking, heartfelt and enlightening podcast full of soul-centred wisdom, home truths, life-changing insights and free-flowing conversations with some of the most inspiring, knowledgeable and honest voices in well-being, spirituality, self-love and personal development. It's a show for people who are no longer satisfied chasing society's version of success because they're ready to embrace their gifts and thrive on their own terms. Today I'm chatting with Athena Barry, the author of award-winning book Raise Your Vibes, Energy Healing for Everyone, television host of Raise Your Vibes and the founder and CEO of Crystal Wakey Healer. Acting in, in my own strange way was kind of a form of therapy for many things in my life, you know, any sexual harassment stuff and you know other things that I had gone through. Acting was really a way I could step outside of myself. I didn't have to be me, right? For a moment, I I got to portray, you know, whatever the role was, which usually was a very bubbly, you know, girl in a bikini, but whatever. <laughs> Hailing from a Hollywood dynasty as the niece of Rita Hayworth and cousin of Ginger Rogers, Athena began her career as an actress, appearing in national commercials and film roles. But she left a life of glamour and paparazzi to create a life of peace and energy healing. In 2018, Athena created Crystal Reiki Healer as an outlet for sharing her knowledge and for providing enlightenment for those searching for peace. She has innate understanding and deep passion for healing through divine love and universal energy and for sharing her gifts with others so that they may heal themselves. She is a certified Reiki master, crystal Reiki master and chakra healer and uses her expansive knowledge of crystals to heal and balance the chakras and to infuse Reiki energy with crystal energy for powerful life-changing healing. She's also overcome a significant debilitating illness and found that her healing abilities were just invaluable, not only to her own rehabilitation, but also in helping others deal with pain and suffering. In this episode, we talk about her journey from becoming an actress to a Reiki master, the power and benefits of energy healing, crystals and why we can have a physical reaction to them and we also talk about the chakras and how you can ground yourself for daily support. She's got such an amazing energy and when I interviewed her my face was sore at the end from smiling so much so I know you're gonna love this episode. Born into a performing acting family so it was always natural to be loud and you know I was always outgoing and always smiling and always dancing around non-stop as my mom would say and uh, I grew up in ballet and then I did some commercial work at as a child at about nine and then my mom kind of said okay you've got to decide you want to dance or you want to do you know acting because it's just too hard to manage you know getting me to everywhere so I chose dance and then um, later after I had kind of you know, stopped with ballet. I did that for years and years. Um, I went into acting because that seemed like a natural next step. And as a kid, I actually, it was, it's so amazing how things align. And I, my, I guess it was my fifth grade class. We had this um, mommy daughter for the day thing where you would go and you would get to experience being in a career field. And I was placed with 
Penelope. Oh my gosh, what is her last? I want to say Cruz, but it's definitely not Cruz. And now I'm blanking and I feel terrible. I'm sorry because I loved you so much. Um, but uh, she was the director of The Little Rascals that came out in the 80s. And it was just interesting that I got placed with this really incredible female director. And I told her, oh, well, I want to be an actress when I grow up. And she was like, oh, well, that's wonderful. I can show you the ropes and show me around. And so it was just interesting that I got placed in this position that I was like, wow, I want to do this. And then later I did, you know, it was one of those things I made the choice and went ahead and I was like, well, let's do it. And, uh, and it was wonderful. And I have to say for my time that I was in there, I was very successful. You know, I never had to have a day job. I had health insurance. I made enough money to have health insurance and some huge in acting, right? Yeah, um, Yes, it was wonderful. And I, I did a lot of national commercials, which really that's what helped because they had um, residuals back then. Now I think they do buyouts, but it was residuals. I went to um, the Cannes Film Festival, barely 20 years old, I think, 21 <gasps> years old. Oh, and how amazing was that? Were you just living the dream? Oh, it was really living the dream. I was staying on a yacht, the producer's yacht. It was it was just an incredible, one of those like, you know, you can't even imagine it's happening to you situations and walking the red carpet, but it didn't come without its madness too. In that field, there's there's so many that prey on, on these young girls. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't consider myself a young girl at the time, now I definitely see that I was. And so that was, you know, there were, there were some, some things there that were not, you know, always so pleasant, but the experience itself was wonderful. Um, but I had had a pretty significant and traumatizing car accident mm -hmm. and that was at 19. So I was still, I was still acting a bit, but it was the heat wearing heels and things like this was hard. I rolled over in a convertible four okay. times on our freeway and slammed into a mountain and a light post and, it was one of those life-changing moments where you question everything from what am I doing to why am I still alive and to how did I walk away from this without being broken? Although we thought I wasn't broken, we found out later, oh, actually there was maybe a little more damage than we knew about, but they thought I had broken my neck and thankfully my neck was okay. Every piece of glass in that car shattered and I didn't have a single scratch. So I thought, okay, well, I'm clearly meant to keep acting or angels, the God, whatever the universe would have scarred my face. And that would have been it. Traumatic and life-changing experiences at any age are hard work, but at 19, yes. when you're kind of on that trajectory, that kind of stardom trajectory and things have gone really well, because you and I both know the acting career is not an easy career to A, get into and B, to make any money, let alone be successful at. So how did you feel around that time? Because that could have either turned you into this, oh my God, I'm invincible, or could have thrown you the other way and suffered tremendous survivor's guilt. So how, how was your mental health around about that time? And were um, you aware of some kind of divine guidance? Some kind yes, of it, it, absolutely. Well, the first... The first three months, I was completely traumatized. I mean, I don't even remember a lot of that time frame. I remember for the first few months, about three months, maybe even six. I mean, it, it's a while ago now, so I don't remember. But I couldn't, I didn't even want to get into a car. I remember the first time I got into a car, it was so terrifying. Even to this day, when I drive past where I had the accident, I still get that feeling in your belly, like that fear, um, that trauma that creeps up. 
So it was definitely not an, oh, I'm invincible moment. It was more of a, oh my God, why am I even still here? Like, how is this even possible? And I went to the car wreck, uh, to the, to the yard, you know, where they have the, they store all the, the, the destroyed cars. And uh, a friend had brought me over there and I remember seeing it. And I, there's a picture of me somewhere. I wish I could find it where I'm kneeling down in my pajamas, just looking very like, my car and I was really upset I really loved my car it was a convertible it was exciting I had so much fun in it and it was just completely destroyed smashed on all sides and um so it it there was definitely a lot of trauma and I really felt actually like acting in in my own strange way was kind of a form of therapy for many things in my life you know any sexual harassment stuff and you know, other things that I had gone through, acting was really a way I could step outside of myself. I didn't have to be me, right? For a moment, I, I got to portray, you know, whatever the role was, which usually was a very bubbly, you know, girl in a bikini, but whatever. <laughs> it was, it <laughs> was better good. than my reality. <laughs> yes, it was better than my reality at the moment. So it really kind of helped um, push me back into being social and push me back into um, being creative again. So it, it acting really kind of in a way saved me from a lot of my own traumas. I think if I didn't have that, I mean, who knows, I probably would have dived into depression and ended up, you know, as so many other sad stories. And, um, but I did have that and it was kind of like my light and it was really my angels coming in and just saying like, come on, you gotta, you gotta keep going. You've got this, you can do this. And here you can just pretend you're somebody else for a minute. And that was, you know, that was really such a gift. Of course, then, you know, later I, I met my husband and realized very, very quickly, very early on that this was not a relationship that would survive an acting career. My aunt, you know, Reed Hayworth, my cousin, Ginger Rogers, all, you know, all the actors in the family really um, had many, many failed marriages, like five, five failed marriages and children from different marriages and split homes and kids that were struggling. And Rita herself, I know she ended with, you know, Alzheimer's, but leading up to that, it was much harder than anybody thought. It wasn't the life of glamour. It was, it was miserable. And I just didn't want to repeat that cycle. I just thought, you know, I love acting. I love what it's brought for me. It's really helped me through so much but I love him more and I don't want to ruin what we have because all this superficial, you know, kind of fake stuff. Which so. is amazing in itself because so many people wrap up who they are and what they do and yes. give up particularly something that you're very good at that comes naturally that you were having a successful career at. And, and like you say, who knows where you could have gone had you continued on the path. That's a big thing to give up your childhood dreams and something that had such a positive impact on you at a very traumatic time. Was that an easy decision or did you have time to ponder that? Was it a discussion or was it just a no-brainer? This guy's amazing. And Well, it came on gradually. There was a moment of this, um, but it did, it wasn't like an immediate like, okay, I'm just gonna stop. It was, it was kind of like I was doing jobs 
and realizing, you know, his reaction and, and part of it wasn't even the work itself. It's all the stuff that goes with it. So, you know, the networking, the going to parties, the meeting people, the schmoozing, the, you know, all this stuff that you do um, to promote yourself and to be seen in front of the right people is, is not, you know, the highest vibrational kind of space. <laughs> and uh, as uh, Gary Busey had told me, oh, you, you know, you shouldn't marry him. He's the jealous type. And, um, and I thought, well, yeah, he's the jealous type, but you know, that's because he loves me and he doesn't want someone like you. (laughs) So, you know, it was kind of like, I took it with a grain of salt because Uh I knew his intentions and I've always been very, um, I guess, aware of people's intentions when it came to my safety, my, my well-being. And I knew that my husband really had, you know, me in his heart, but from a place of love, not from a oh, I'm going to marry this actress kind of thing. You know, I mean, he loved to be able to say that, but in practice, it didn't work because, you know, maybe he was the jealous type. He is the jealous type. I mean, I am too. Like, I don't want somebody. I think we all are. We all have schmoozing. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want somebody schmoozing on our loved one. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Get out of here. No. You know? So I think my husband would find it very difficult to watch me kissing someone or doing a, a, you know, a love scene on film. You know, I would, I would be traumatized having my parents (laughs) watch that. So you can totally understand how a partner would feel. They need to be very understanding of you and your job. Absolutely. And that was, that was a big turning point, actually, now that you, you mentioned that, because right at that specific time, when I was really kind of, kind of, you know, becoming more and more, um, you know, in the public or so, you know, just being more known in, in my field, the shows started leaning more towards, I mean, really like soft porn started with uh, like True Blood, for example, that was one of the big ones um, that, you know, are some of these roles that I would have gone out for, maybe not, you know, the lead, but I would have, th- these are the shows that I would have been, you know, auditioning for. And like all that we're watching them at home and all these girls are, are naked. And I'm like, oh my God, like I, I can't do that. Like, and I just knew for myself, never mind my husband, you know, my parents are going to see that. Like you said, you know, my husband's going to see that. I mean, one of his things was, well, you can't kiss anybody. And I was like, honey, I, I play the girlfriend in the bikini. I'm going to be kissing people, you know, but when they started doing so much more nudity, I just didn't feel like that was right for me. And it just kind of, it kind of made the decision to stop much easier And, you know, I've always been a creative person. So it wasn't like that was my only avenue for being creative. I mean, I grew up a ballerina. I've written my entire, like as far back as I can remember, I've been writing. So I always had that out. I was still journaling all the time. Um, And then, you know, it was the choice. Let's have children. I mean, I still had fantastic health insurance. So it was like, let's do it while I've got it. I think my son (laughs) cost like a hundred dollars for like everything start to finish. (laughs) It was incredible. So, and my second one, my second, both boys, because I still have the, you know, money from residuals coming in. So that was fantastic. My daughter cost like $8,000. She was a a completely different thing because she came later and I wasn't acting. So goes to show what a difference, you know, um, I I still think I made the right choice there. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was a very, it was a really natural transition. And I didn't feel like I was losing any part of myself. You know, we both have very similar values. And we both wanted mom to be home. And at least for those, you know, few years and formative ones. And, um, and I loved it. I mean, I really dove into motherhood. I mean, when I first held my son, I just remember thinking, there's no way I can leave him. Like, it's just, it. I just can't. And I was 
I, my last job, I was pregnant with him doing a, I think it was a Budweiser, Bud Light commercial. <laughs> I was pregnant and I remember thinking, <laughs> oh my God, I'm pregnant doing a Bud Light commercial. This is crazy. We're on the alcohol uh, stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was nuts. But that was my last job, which probably paid for my second son actually uh, in retrospect. But yeah, it was just a very natural, it served its purpose. It was a wonderful moment. I enjoyed it. And it was time for me to move to the next thing. And I've always had to have this feeling when things are about to shift in my life. And I wondered if other people have that too. I don't know if that's a natural thing or if it's just me. I, I'm sure it happens to plenty. But I've always had this feeling like I am on the precipice of a big shift in my life. And that was one of those moments. And, you know, it was maybe the Leo and me that I just thought I'm going head first. Let's do this, you know, and I did. And it was it was an, an incredible time. And I, I loved being home with my boys. And well, before I had my son, just a little backstory. I, we didn't think I could have kids because we thought maybe I couldn't carry um, the pregnancy. So that was also a big part of, you know, the whole decision and having children as uh, so we weren't sure because the doctors were saying, no, you should have surgery. And um, at the time, and even through today, back surgeries have a very, very high failure rate. And, you know, once you go in there, you can't kind of undo what you've done. Oh, no, you've got to be really confident that that is the it's, right decision. Yeah, You yeah. know, it, it. you do. And I just didn't feel like that was the right decision. So I went through every other alternative you could think of. I mean, from physical therapy, laser therapy, everything. I chiropractic. I mean, I didn't. My husband's a chiropractor. So that poor guy has had to take care of me forever. <laughs> When I, when I told my mom, uh, oh, I'm going on a date with a chiropractor, she's like, oh, you should marry him. She and I was going to say, like, you seem to have manifested these oh. things to you, <laughs> given your previous accident. And it's interesting that you said, or that you talked about the fact that you feel when a big shift is about to happen. And obviously you are an intuitive, which is why you are drawn to the work that you do. I mean, we're all intuitive, but that's a really big part of who you are. And I guess, particularly being born into an acting family and being an actress yourself to be able to tap in and access those feelings and emotions on a regular basis because that's ultimately what tapping into your intuition is is getting into your body and getting into your feelings and your emotions so I guess it kind of makes sense that you are much more aware of, of I guess it's just in my blood I don't know. Yeah. possibly yes I mean I always um, was very expressive and emotional as a child and um, that hasn't changed too much, I guess, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah, still, still there, still happening. Um, and, you know, embracing it. I mean, um, it, unfortunately we live in a world where it's like you're in many societies in our world, you know, you're supposed to fit in this box and you're supposed to behave a certain way and you're supposed to think a certain way and you're supposed to act a certain way. And yes, there are, you know, social rules that exist for a reason. Um, but maybe not at the sake of losing, you know, our own emotional truth. Mm -hmm. And when we continue to tap into that emotional truth, um, it really, it's, it's like a flower that grows, you know, it's instead of chopping it off, just give it some water and watch it kind of re rebirth every year. Right. So being the actor family, yes, we were, we're, we're, 
probably louder than than most families, I would say. <laughs> um, I think mine could give you a run for your money. <laughs> that's that's true. Then again, you are Scottish, so it could happen. <laughs> then again, maybe it's my Scottish roots, right? It could be uh, that might be where it's from. I love that we both have that as well. It's so it's so wonderful. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so you had your daughter. It's wonderful to have that time with your children because particularly as you and I both know, and we've talked about this before, the kind of first five years of a child's life is really the time that sets the scene for the rest of their life. And to be around and, and to be able to facilitate that growth and, and, and mold them in the way that you want is a wonderful thing. Were you aware of the sort of healing aspect of being a mum, you are a natural healer anyway, because you rub your kids when they fall over and you hug them and you talk to them and that is all healing. But were you aware of that as an actual healing process or was it just something that you did? And, and I'm just keen to understand how you came in to become a Reiki master because that's just not, oh, I'm kind of quite fancy going and learning about energy healing. it. That's like taking it to the nth degree. That's like, let's just do the whole nine yards. Go big or go home. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. I definitely did that. Um, I, I do that too, I guess. Maybe that's part of the genes as well. It was, I guess, kind of a jump if you look at it not in those terms, but it didn't feel like a jump in the moment. So then after I had the boys, I I had a lot of regression with pain um, where it just continued to get worse. And and it really affected me as a mom because with anybody who's living in pain, you tend to, you know, have these reactions that um, aren't always in line with with whatever's happening. And it's just because you're in a place of pain and you don't feel good. And it's with, with everybody, you know, when we're hurting inside, we're not responding as we normally would, right? Um, which, you know, of course, I had my guilt about that. I mean, it wasn't like I, I hope anyway, I didn't do anything too traumatizing to them. But I just felt like something wasn't right. And I wasn't being as good as I could. And yes, I was the hands on mom, I was, you know, volunteering all the time, we would go to Disneyland, you know, like every other week, it was, I was definitely hands on, but it, it pained me, you know, and it would, when I would have pain, I remember it would make me like shorter, you know, like short tempered, like quick to say no. And when really it was kind of like, okay, just let them, you know? So there were moments like that, that I realized. And then I I started, my son says it started with plants. We would go on walks and I would pick little um, pieces like leaves off of succulents. And I think because I had read somewhere, oh, you can grow a succulent from just a leaf. So I wanted to show them, oh, let's see if we could do this. So we would, on our walks, we would pick little, um, you know, pieces of succulent and not the whole plant or anything, but just pieces. And I would take it home and we'd see, can we make them grow? And I did, I guess I have a green thumb on top of it. So we would start doing that. And and of course the boys thought this was magical because I was, you know, creating life, I guess is what he thought, Um, which you do as a mother. Anyway, you are creating life. I mean, you're this incredible, you know, vessel portal to life and really being able to embrace that is a gift. And, and the fact that I was just quickly that I was able to stay home with my children 
I do realize how blessed I am to have had that time because I know so many families aren't in that position or aren't able to take the sacrifice that it takes to do that. So just shout out to all the mothers out there. You are doing a wonderful job no matter what your circumstances and it's, there is no easy choice. So that being said, my back continued to get worse and I continued to take pain medication I continued, you know, I ended up getting a couple of epidurals, like a whole, you know, medical intervention. And then when I had my daughter, she was about nine months old. And there was a day, um, it just, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back and I couldn't walk. And it was the most incredible pain, uh, like nerve pain, muscle pain, my body contorted. So I didn't even like look like myself. I mean, it was like my back had had spasm so severely that my posture had changed. My stomach was pushed out to the left. It was just so incredibly painful. And the doctor had given me a pretty heavy duty um, steroid. I was nursing and I remember thinking, well, you know, is this okay to take while I'm nursing? He's like, oh, you should be fine. And two days later, you know, a day later, my daughter was screaming, crying, trying to nurse her. And I had, she was like leaving marks all over me, you know, like little hickeys all over the place. And I went to pump and realized I had nothing and she was starving. And I just, the guilt, oh my gosh, the guilt was so, to this day, it brings me to tears. It was so awful. And I thought, you know, that was one of those moments where it was like, okay, yes, get the formula. But it was like, this was one of those moments where it was like, I have to do something. Like, I can't just keep living like this. I'm hurting my kids now, you know, and really hurting them. Like I'm starving my child. You know, it was just one of those really, really hard emotional moments for a mother. And so it was kind of there that I just started looking outside the box, you know, thinking there has to be something else that I can do. I mean, I've tried everything in Western medicine. Nothing is helping me. Like, what do I do? So I started looking into, uh, and I knew I wanted to do something with my hands. That's the one thing that intuitively I just knew. I was like, there has to be something with my hands as it, and I thought maybe it'll be writing, um, cause I'd always written, which it turned out I did do that as well, yeah. <laughs> but it, it didn't start there. And so I started looking into just, you know, other things and, you know, I thought, okay, well, there's crystal energy. Okay. Well, I seem to be doing something with these plants. And then I just came across, I, it must've been, I don't even know, maybe a blog article or something, but I had this incredible, um, like divine calling, I guess we'll say to Reiki. And I had never had Reiki. I'd never experienced it. I'd never had a session. I had never read a book about it. And I, and I'm, I love to read. It was just one of those things that kind of like pops into your mind. Like, this is what I want to do. So I started looking into it and reading about it and it really resonated for me. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe I should, you know, get a session. Maybe I should take some classes and, and then that kind of just started this journey, you know, a friend gave me a crystal, it was a piece of rose quartz and it was actually a, um, a pendulum and uh -huh. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> it was like, are you supposed to hang this like in the car? Yeah. Like, what do you do? <laughs> and later I realized, oh, it's, it's not for that at all. But that was my first crystal and, and it really, um, I still have it to the piece to this day and I keep Lovely. it just as a reminder of you know, my beginning on this journey. 
And I really felt, and I feel today too, that Reiki is not just some form of energy healing where somebody's going to come in and, oh, I heal you. I feel like it comes in in the most incredible ways because it really kind of guides you on the path that's the best for you, your highest good. I mean, we're all heading forward, right? But there's lots of detours along the way on this yeah. path and, and many ways that we can get off track and we're still going forward, but it's much harder, right? Um, so Reiki kind of just clears the path and, and makes this, this space for you where you're, you know, you start living your truth. You start recognizing your, your emotions as being valued. You start recognizing the truths and the value in others in a way that you know, just wasn't there before. I mean, it's just like somebody taking like the blinders off, you know, like Windex to your, to your soul, you know. And, <laughs> and it's kind um, of subtle. But what I love about energy healing is that it taps into who you are and it comes in in so many different ways. Sometimes it's, it's, it's physical and sometimes there's nothing, there's no sensations at all. Sometimes there's knowings in your head. And for anybody who's listening that hasn't ever had a session, aside the fact that you must go to the Mind Body Spirit Festival this weekend <laughs> and come to your workshop, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, Absolutely. But go with an open mind, go with an open mind, because it's, if somebody's told you about it, the chances are it might not feel like the same experience for you. And the more open-minded you are, the more open-hearted you become and then the more able you are to receive. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it can also be different between every single session, even on the same person, because our energy is constantly shifting and changing. So no two, you know, Reiki sessions or energy healing sessions are ever really alike. I mean, you can kind of expect kind of the same outcome and how you feel afterwards. But in the middle of it, I mean, sometimes you will see colors, sometimes you'll see lights flashing, sometimes you'll have, you know, memories come up from um, childhood, why was I thinking about that? And, and I always say, instead of repressing any emotions that come up, trying to set it aside, like, oh, no, 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 I'm focused on energy healing. No, 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 that's exactly what is meant to come to the surface, because that's where you're in need of healing. So it's bringing this to the surface so you can see it and then just say, oh, there you are. Well, like, you know, thank you for the lessons and the purpose. And I'm ready to let that go now. And you really feel that lightness in your spirit, you know, in your, your emotional body, your physical body, or your spiritual body, you feel that shift. And it's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful and gentle, gentle method of healing. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk to you about crystals because I, I love crystals. I have crystals, not quite as beautiful as the wings you've got in the background. And we're obviously recording this on Zoom and I will hopefully at some stage pop it onto YouTube. But for purposes of the podcast, you've got these beautiful angel wing crystals behind you. Sometimes some crystals have for me like a palpable physical sensation. And I've held like a tiny crystal in my hand and my hearts got like doof, doof, doof. and I've had healing where I I've had a it. tiny thing in my throat and it's like burning you know and I'm like that crystal hot can you feel it hot she's like no no it's cold and I'm like really why do sure? have such physical reactions and then sometimes you know maybe if you're listening and you're like what are you talking about it's just stone I don't ever feel anything why is that well so crystals also carry their own vibration and you know crystals are an incredible gift from mother nature. They are, they have been around millions and millions of years. Like 
that little crystal that you were holding in your hand, that thing is probably, you know, what, 200,000 years old, 500,000 years. I mean, we don't even know they're so ancient. So they carry with them also this vibration of healing from our earth that is so much older and wiser, um, like an intelligence than, than we are. We're, we're fairly new to this planet. I mean, we've only been here for what, you know, a few decades, right? Like, and in that few decades, like, really how old is the earth? So, you know, the crystals carry this incredible energy and I love to use it with, with Reiki or, you know, with other energy healing, because Reiki and other energy healing practices, a lot of this is your, at least with Reiki, you are, you know, channeling that divine universal energy, that source energy from up and beyond our world. And crystals hold that energy from right here on our earth plane where we live and where we work. So I love to have the beautiful grounding energy of the crystal together with that and heavenly or source energy, bringing those together, I find is just a really beautiful union and they work really well together because the crystal, you can kind of pinpoint where you need or where you think you need specific healing, you know, like, oh, I can't sleep. I have insomnia. You know, what crystal will help with that? Whereas Reiki will be, you know, more and more of an intuitive thing where it's like, oh, well, you can't sleep because you're still dealing with this, um, you know, childhood trauma, for example. So we have to go back and work on that. So they work in different ways. Um, but a lot of the time people aren't ready to work on that childhood trauma yet. So it's like, we need that quick fix for our sleep now. And, and, and we live like that. Like I need it now. Everything is, you know, in the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. We're very impatient Totally. I read somewhere that our attention span is now less than that of a goldfish, which really just devastates me. Well, that's just great news, isn't I think it? Six seconds or something. If we keep going at this rate, we'll be like right bored after a second. Or this podcast will be excuse me, my dog barking in the background. I'll have to have my podcast. will be like nano podcast. Hi. Oh, bye. <laughs> Oh my hopefully goodness, not, hopefully, not. hopefully not, hopefully not. Yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, where, wherever it is in your, um, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual body, um, that is in need of healing, you'll really resonate with the energy of that crystal. So I'm not surprised at all that, you know, there were certain moments where you could feel the buzzing in your hand or the heat on your chest. That's really just a, a sign of your body and same with any energy healing of your body receiving, you know, it's drawing in that beautiful energy and it's needed. So it's not in a, it's not something to be scared of. It's not something that should worry you. Um, if it does, I hope this sets your mind at ease because it's really a beautiful thing. It's just validation that this is where your body um, needs that healing or, you know, wants that extra love and energy. So that's kind of where that, that sensation can come from. It's amazing. And you'll love this with the Scottish roots. I was in Edinburgh on the, just coming off the Royal Mile and there's a, a crystal shop. I don't know if it's still there because I've not been in Edinburgh for a number of years and went into the crystal shop and they had this huge quartz crystal. Wow. That was like a kid in a sweetie shop. Oh, and I didn't know much about crystals at that point in time. I was like, oh my God. And the woman behind the shop was like, don't touch. It's so powerful. And of course I was like, whatever. <laughs> when her back was turned, I was you like, walk back oh, and you're like, lovely. <laughs> And just started to touch this crystal. That's fine, that's fine. And then proceeded to walk back down to the train station. And I cried the whole way home on the, on the train, on a public train, out of nowhere. 
I was sitting on the train and I literally sobbed my heart out. And it wasn't until I was halfway along this train journey from Edinburgh to Glasgow that I thought, oh my God, I bet you a five of that was that crystal. And I phoned the woman the following day in the shop and said, I was in, you I touched the crystal when you had your back turned. Yeah, so sorry, but... (laughs) Sorry, but I sobbed the whole way home. What was that crystal all about? And that was my first experience of a crystal. And I laugh because that that's my lessons, not so much now because I'm a bit more aware, but my lessons way back in the day were always like <laughs> in your face, nothing subtle. And that was the first time I thought, oh my God, crystals are amazing. And I started to sort of explore having crystals. And then I got, the first one I got was the same as your rose quartz. Please do try them. But uh, whilst you might feel nothing from some, then that doesn't mean to say that they're not working. It just means to say that there's different energies at play. So please go and explore them. You can always hold your hand, you know, above yeah. them and just, you know, kind of listen to your body. Where do you feel a change in sensation? And when you do, it's like, oh, that's the one you're meant to have. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a good way to choose them. I love that. Thank you for that tip. I want to talk about the chakras because it's divine timing. Thank you, universe. I am, I'm launching uh series of chakra paintings they're going to be out in May but I've been talking about them last week on social media and Beautiful. I well it's I love the idea of this because all my artwork is about putting energy into a visual representation so that people can connect with it in that way and, and using the colors but I always put healing and intention into all my artwork and I, I thought I'm going to do something a bit more specific and create the series of chakra paintings But given you're the expert, it would seem crazy of me not to utilize that experience and just get you to have a chat about chakras for anybody who's never heard of them. What are they? Where are they in our body? What do they do? How do we know if they're out of balance? Oh, well, I I don't always feel like the expert. I'm just, you know, just the same as everybody else. I need just maybe pay a little more attention to these areas <laughs> and read a lot and write about a lot about them. Um, well, there is a ton of information about them in my book, Raise Your Vibes. So for anybody listening and you, you're you just starting out, I, I highly recommend this, not, not as a, a selling point for my book, but just it really is a wonderful guide, you know, and it's not like a start to finish book. It's, but it's got all the different ways that you can use um, healing modalities, everything from, like you said, sound healing, crystal energy, um, and, and how you can apply all of these to your chakras. So, and, and then in the start of the book, there's a great diagram there that kind of gives you the breakdown of, you know, imbalances, balances, what part of your body it affects. And, and that's just a kind of a good way to kind of point out like, Hmm, yes, I'm feeling, you know, this kind of way. I mean, we all kind of are familiar with the heart chakra, right? For example, because you know it's our center, our heart center. It's our place for love, our emotional feelings towards ourselves, towards others. So this one, um, which is so beautiful about the heart chakra, is it's right in the center. So you have, you have three above, and then you have three below, and they kind of they meet in that beautiful heart space. So when this one is balanced, and you know you're feeling you know healthy in this area, it really does help. Um, you know, kind of share that love to the chakras above and below. But with anybody working with chakras, I would always, always recommend to begin at the beginning, which is at your root chakra, because this is our, this is what grounds us to our earth. This is our, this is our place in the world and everything physical attached to it. And after all, as spiritual as we want to be, 
we are in this physical plane. So keeping this one balanced and strong is so important. And we've seen a lot of imbalance in this one recently, um, especially because this affects, you know, our fear, um, you know, anxieties, which we can get in our third eye as well. But for root chakra, you know, our it's it's all pertaining to, you know, our our worldly things. So our safety, our shelter, our our um, you know our earthly needs, even material things, you know, are all kind of related to this, to this root chakra. And during the pandemic, we were all really locked into a home. So we weren't going out as much. We weren't in nature as much. And we really had a disconnection from our mother earth, which is where we live. So I would say that's a really good place to start your journey. It's the color of red. Um, there are so many ways that you can use it. I mean, if crystals are your thing, you can grab pretty much all of the, just to point you in the right direction, I would say all of the, um, you know, the, the darker crystals would be related to your root chakra. So the, you know, the red jaspers, the tourmalines, obsidians, all of these um, are associated with our root chakra. And starting there, and then you can start to work your way up. So our sacral chakra is kind of our emotional and our, um, our creation, you know, this is the womb, this is where the womb is, this is where the reproductive organs are, this is where life is created. So this is a really wonderful place. And then for me personally, when I was going through all my back things, um, you know, and even though I was doing um, creative stuff. I was very lost in what I wanted to do and what was right for me. So my sacral chakra was really affected. And interestingly, the back part of my back that was affected from that is directly behind where my sacral chakra would be. So anybody with lower back pain, maybe have a look at um, what you're doing in your life um, to to live your creative purpose, because maybe that's being um, set aside for the minutia of, you know, daily work and activities and stress and all that stuff. Um, and then we, we move up into our solar plexus. And this is really so much of our intuition is actually in our solar plexus, as well as our willpower and our personal strength. This is like our this is our like, go get them chakra, right? This is the one that's like, I got this, I could do this. So, you know, when you're feeling really insecure about something, or, you know, you feel like you just, you can't move forward. A lot of depression lives in, in an imbalanced um, solar plexus chakra. So this is a good place to kind of, you know, get your feet back under you and, and feel strength in your purpose again. Um, and then of course our heart chakra where we move up. And I love this one, of course, because, you know, Love is the highest vibration. So when we're pouring love into ourselves, it really does, um, you know, spread out into, leak out into <laughs> the other chakras. Um, and, and we'll see, we'll see a lot of imbalances here with um, not just breakups, but, um, you know, emotional pains, losses, uh, traumas, you know, maybe we were spoken to poorly as a child. Maybe we had a partner that was extremely toxic. We'll hold a lot of that pain and that, fear and guilt in our heart chakra as well. And then our throat chakra is another area that many of us struggle with. I know that I have myself in many points in my life and, you know, it's a constant work in progress. So just know that it's not like, oh, I'm going to balance it and I'm going to go on my way. This is, this is a daily practice or a weekly practice, but something you should always want to return to. And this is more about than just speaking our truth. This is also our center, also for creativity, 
but also so importantly, how we hear and receive the words of others. So are we really, are we listening to what we're translating their voice into or are we hearing their intention? Because that makes a huge difference in how we communicate. And, um, and so often so many of the problems that we have are miscommunication. So again, that goes back to our throat chakra. Um, I love, gosh, crystals that I love, lapis lazuli, um, blue lace agate are some of my favorites, also very calming cooling stones. So anybody who has a temper flying and they've maybe said some not so choice words and we got to kind of bring that balance back to this area, blue lace agate is really wonderful for that. Um, and then moving up, we have our third eye, which is the one that everybody loves, right? Everybody loves that third eye chakra because, uh, you know, this is your, your psychic gifts, your divine intuition, um, not so much your physical intuition, like your personal truth intuition, but your divine intuition, like knowing what's out above and beyond. And, and I feel like everybody's always chasing that, like, oh, if only I could see, you know, with my eye, my mind's eye clear. Well, I, my only word of caution there, and yes, please explore as much as you, as you can with your intuitive gifts. It's so important for your personal truth and to live happier, um, but just make sure you're very grounded when you're doing this. So keeping that root chakra very strong, it's kind of like your anchor so that then you can go and explore the divine and the gifts and all the wonders that are out of our um, physical sight. And, and this way, when you have that strong anchor, you're like, it's it, just think of yourself as a balloon. You know, if you have something, a weight holding that balloon, you're free to move around in the wind and you're still safe. But if there's no weight there, you fly up into the atmosphere and who knows where you end up if, you know, and I'm not so sure it's so safe up there. You might get stuck in a tree, right? So, <laughs> um, and then and then going on to our crown chakra, this is really, you know, our connection to the universe, to source, to God. Um, for those who pray, um, you know, this is where we have quite, you know, a beautiful and powerful connection to what is really up and and beyond our world, beyond our even our consciousness. This opens up guidance and wisdom that is just so beyond what we can even process here in our in our little, you know, three-dimensional world that we live in. Um, and, and all of the chakras are associated with a color. I probably should have done that as we went through, the root being red, our sacral being orange, our solar plexus being yellow. Our heart is green, our blue, our throat is blue, our third eye is an indigo or a light purple, and our crown is typically white, but can also be considered as a very light, um, like a lavender purple too. So those are kind of our chakras in a nutshell. Um, I mean, there is so much information out there. There are so many books out there. Um, I would just say when you are exploring these, take what resonates for you, because there are a thousand opinions about how to work with them, what's the right way. You're going to find a lot of rules as you start to explore more information about these. So I would say just take these rules with a grain of salt, because if it's resonating for you, this is true for you.
I mean, none of us have the rule book on spirituality. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I know I wrote a book on spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mentioned again and again in the book, there are no rules. No. You know, do what resonates for you in the moment. And, and that moment may change. So even in this book, a ritual listed, um, you know, it might really resonate for you today. And tomorrow, it's just not working. And that's okay. There's plenty more to choose from. So just pick a different spot. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because it, as you said, and I, and I know it's such a vast topic, and you have beautifully sandwiched it in a nice bite-sized chunk, but definitely go and um, check out Athena's book, Raise Your Eyes, because like she said, it's the type of thing that you intuitively get drawn to. So flick through the book and something will pop out at you. And it may well be that that's where your attention needs to go at that time. And it's, it's really interesting that you spoke about the root chakra and a lot coming up with the root chakra because when I was starting when I say I'm starting I'm still <laughs> I've done the groundwork for all of them but I'm still on this root chakra I thought I'm going to start with the root chakra and when I with energy painting it's not that I go in and say right I'm going to paint today and I just paint I need to be inspired I need to be in the moment I need to feel that this is the right time I never know what I'm going to do which I can so be feel you wonderful yes. However, it can be so frustrating because you're like, oh my God, the deadline's in May. I said, I'm launching them in May. And I'm just like, I said to my husband, I was like, well, I, I've got all these different things coming into my mind and my heart. I just don't know what, because there's so much information with each of the chakras and it's trying to distill that information down. So it's beautiful that you intuitively are saying you're starting with the root chakra. Of course. I mean, did you did you know that that's like an important yes, of course. Place to start? Well, I okay, okay, good. No, because in all the the workshops and all my sort of student days in with all the various kind of psychic and mediumship and, and intuitive and energy thing work I did, and I laughed when you said, "Make sure you anchor yourself because you go flying." <laughs> and all of my <laughs> teachers were like, "Vicky, you are not grounded enough," and I was like. I just want to go play. Yes, <laughs> right, yes. I, ground, I know ground. <laughs> um, yes, I do a lot of groundwork with the whole roots coming out. Uh, well, it's so beautiful because like, you you really get centered in yourself so that you time. are free to play openly yeah. and explore openly and 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 use this, be able to kind of filter and and or you know, file all of these thoughts that you have coming in, all of these downloads and these ideas and these inspirations, and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm flooded with ideas. I don't know what to do, where to start. So when you're, but when you're, when you're grounded, it's like, oh, I know exactly how to put this one in order. I know exactly how to put that one. And this is how I can use this energy or that thought. And it just kind of, I don't know, helps the flow, you know, go a little bit better. But then again, I mean, everybody has their own path. So that is really good advice and probably something that we should be doing every day, even if it's Absolutely. a shower just standing and while the water runs over you kind of imagine it all washing off the energy of the night or cleansing you for the day ahead and just feel because sometimes it helps I think when you're new to this kind of practice to actually have that physical sensation because it can be difficult to visualize and am I grounded is this like you know what it, what's it supposed to feel like and sometimes it feels a sensation and sometimes not so to allow that water to run over you and, and to feel the water pouring over your feet and and heat it going down the drain it's a really interesting sensation, I think, that helps anchor you because we have five different senses that help us anchor in with this sixth sense. So use them 
and, and yes just and use the life. four elements the four mm. elements they're all you know it's because again it's the earth right so you're using any of those four elements will help ground you but it you know an easy just go to I mean if you're really not sure am I grounded am I not take your shoes off and go stand outside on the dirt on the grass like this is the the fastest easiest like simplest ways to go you don't have to worry about visual visualization you don't have to worry about any of that you just put your bare feet on the ground and you know 10 minutes later you really you can just you feel the difference you feel grounded you feel centered calm like whew, all of that was in my head is finally just taking a break like this is amazing so I, I highly recommend that we don't always live in in times well, we can take our shoes off and go outside, but if you can definitely, definitely try that. But the shower is fantastic. That was one of the first ones I did. You know, someone had told me, well, just, you know, visualize the water pouring over your crown, clearing off all of that nonsense. Cause it is washing the dirt, right. But in the oils and whatever, but just visualize it's also cleansing off any energetic debris we may have taken up. And as it washes down, just visualize, you know, from your feet, like roots stretching down into the earth, you know, grounding, centering you like a, like tree roots, you know, you're the trunk and, and it's just going down with the water and allowing yourself to really have that stable anchor and base. I love the love shower it. one. We're both going to be at the Mind Body Spirit Festival in London the, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it's four days. And you're going to be taking a workshop. So before you go, I would love you just to share a wee bit more about the workshop. Well, we are going to be doing just what we've been talking about today, essentially. It's it's raise your vibes and um, using crystal Reiki for balanced chakras. So again, it's this beautiful union of the crystal <laughs> energy and the Reiki energy and helping people to channel this to their chakra centers. And we'll have a little bit about you know, what the chakra centers are, just in case there's anybody there that doesn't know. I made these cute cards that um, have just the, the chakras, the location, color, with a list of crystals for each one that, um, you know, someone can choose from, just have as a quick reference to take home with them. And if they're ever feeling like they need that extra support, it's like, you don't have to think, wait, what did she say I should use as a crystal? Like, boom, it's right there in front of you. So we'll be going over that. I will be doing a beautiful um, guided meditation, of course, with crystal Reiki energy. I'll be setting up a grid and bringing some crystals, even though it's it's a long trek and I hope they all uh, make it over there safely. But I'll be making a beautiful grid and we'll have a channeled Reiki, crystal Reiki meditation or Reiki healing um, that everybody can enjoy as well. So that hopefully when we when we leave the workshop, everybody's feeling they're they're you know, raising their vibes, they're vibrating a little higher from a place of love and, and whatever goes through for them, you know, they, the experience for them, they, they take that with them as an experience with love. And I'll be doing some private in-person Reiki afterwards. So I'll have a link on my website where anybody in London that's around or visiting, um, it's not many opportunities I get to do actual in-person Reiki with, um, you know, the people over there. So I'm really, really looking forward to connecting and, and I'm so grateful to be part of this mind, body, well, spirit, well-being festival. I'm so grateful that I get to see you and meet you. No in person this is I so know, much fun honestly totally because this is a couple of times that we were two three times that we've spoken and I've actually got a sore face <laughs> from smiling <laughs> from smiling yes you know, our energy cheeks. Just, that energy just connects so
So, I, you know, thank you so much for your time and your energy. And I really highly recommend anyone, if you can get to London, to come along to Athena's workshop. And I can feel your energy. And, you know, we're thousands of miles apart and we're doing this on Zoom. So I can only imagine how amazing and powerful it is going to be in person at the weekend. So, Athena, thank you so much. You have certainly raised my vibes tonight and I hope has raised everyone's vibes who's been listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you'd like to connect with me, then head over to my website, vickypaul.com, or you can find me on Instagram at vickyjpaul. Why not take advantage of a special subscriber-only 10% discount off my personalised soul portraits? All you need to do is get in touch using the promo code PODCAST21. That's PODCAST21. And don't forget, you can buy my book, How to Be Successful, available anywhere that you buy books, or you can also get it via the link in the show notes. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And please continue to share this podcast with anyone you think might find it useful. I'd also really love if you could write a review because that helps myself and my guests get discovered by more kindred spirits. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.